Hello. Hi there. Hello. The great tit is a bird. The great tit is a bird. The great tit is a bird. Hi there. I have more for you. This one has more girls, more tech, more pills, and a blackout. I'll even babysit you while you listen. But take notes this time, okay? I'm going to quiz you at the end. Did you know itching can be a neuropathic symptom? That's what it said on the gazillions of recruitment flyers we had to give out. And it said that elegabalin would be available during the study. Medina told me that last year, DeGiant gave out elegabalin whenever someone had seizures or bad itching or bad anything. She saw it happen because last year she was actually in the study and DeGiant gave her the pill. She was surprised I even knew what elegabalin was. She thought they'd stopped using it in Empirica. So I told her how you, Mamai, were such an itchy little kid and how they gave you the pill in Isabelina and how you got me the pill when I turned out to be an even itchier little kid and nothing else worked. The giant stands for digital anthropology. You'd think only a medical group could run something like this. But Medina said that all kinds of groups run all kinds of studies in Mayaka, studies that probably aren't allowed in Empirica. Apparently some even call in situ the Empirican Savior Lab. So maybe that makes us saviors, I said. But Medina side-eyed, slashed me to the quick and was like, uh, the giant is one of the richest groups working in in situ. What was that supposed to mean? I was about to say, but it was getting strangely hard to hear. All these chirpy birds were flying above us, louder and louder, their flocks growing bigger and bigger. Pheremians called them Wiku, Empiricans called them Tit Mouses. They were forming a noisy cloud between Athena High School, us, and two girls coming our way. Medina seemed to recognize them, so I said, hi there, and offered a flyer. I started to ask if they wanted free new phones, but without breaking stride, one of the girls took the flyer, grinned at Medina, crumpled the flyer into a ball, threw it at the dusty red ground, and kept walking. The ball hit a random rooster who squawked so loud the titmouses got even screechier. But the girls just laughed and stroked their smooth upper arms, giving off the smell of smoky perfume. One girl was almost as dark brown as Medina, the other was almost as light brown as me. Their school uniform skirts swung in such perfect rhythm, it must have been rehearsed. People stopped to stare, and I'd never seen Medina look so tense. Turns out, the girls were Medina's distant relatives and used to be her closest friends. They were in the DeGiant study last summer and all took elegabalin. Then the girls moved away, Medina said, and they got mean. They moved to Tuca, an Amfaka place, a hotel, a modeling school. Medina wasn't making sense. Her jaw muscles were jumping all around. It was almost like she was talking to herself. They used to be as sweet as soda, she said, 
even after they had scars. Uh, let's take a break, I said, but she ignored me and declared, we need to learn more about these iris-stimmed gadgets before we sign up all these kids. Otherwise, we're just... How do you say it in Empirica? Passing the pesa? I said, I think you mean passing the puck. Yes, she said, passing the puck. The Empirican puck. Renea, I'm so sorry I can't be there yet. The Mr. Johnson troubles are turning out to be enormous. I know. I had him for English last year. Right. Do you know when you'll get to Mayaka? Soon. I'm working on it. We were supposed to be together this summer. Our time will come, dear. I promise. <sighs> All right. How's your skin been? Better. Much better, actually. What did I tell you? And I hear from Edwin you've been an excellent assistant. Really? I've barely done anything. You've done a lot, Renea. Don't ever underestimate what you can do. When we got back to the DeGiant study room, Norm looked at our sign-up forms and got annoyed we'd hardly recruited any kids. But Medina, now more assertive than I'd ever seen, said we needed to know more about the Iris Dim gadget before recruiting anyone else. It's a gadget circus, Jacques yelled from just outside the study room, his favorite spot to flirt with random girls passing through the community center. Karin patted Medina's head and said, sure, honey, whatever you need to know. But when Medina turned away, I thought I saw Karin and Norm roll their eyes at each other. So the next day, we tried a different approach. I asked Jason if he wanted help, and Medina offered to organize his workbench. Because after the initial device setup, Jason had been kind of relegated back down to being the hardware support guy. So our interest cheered him up. And he said we came along just at the right time. It would start getting complicated when the study started and people started showing up every day. There would be tons more data to transmit and analyze, helmet repairs, and all these user interviews. It'll be a study circus for real, he said. So Medina and I became his unofficial assistants. And as you would predict, Mamai, when it comes to circuit assembly, I was way faster and more precise than even Jason. And I admit it was super satisfying to correct the flaws in his soldering technique, though it always made me so thirsty. I needed to down like a gallon of sports aid a day. Medina had a hard time soldering at first. So then I showed her this AlphaTube video series about electronics and cosmetology. I had to skip over certain obnoxious parts, but... Hello! I'm HA Prototypes founder Guy Insmile. Though my family goes way back to the founding of Empirica, I've lived in Isabelina long enough to know that it will be the electronics manufacturing capital of the world. Why? 
because there are so many Sibylline cosmetologists. And electronics is a lot like cosmetology. Instead of hair, you have wires. Instead of rotary nail files, you have rotary sanders. Instead of curling and flattening irons, you have soldering and desoldering irons. Almost every beauty potion and tool has some corresponding potion or tool on the electronics workbench. And Isabelline girls with their small brown hands and good eyes are some of the best at assembling electronic devices quickly and efficiently. Now, come with me. Let's visit the assembly line. I'll show you what I mean. I know, I know it's a weird video, but when it comes to specialized technical demos, it's hard to find a video that isn't doodly and weird. Anyway, Medina got the point, and then her electronic skills accelerated rapidly. While she didn't have small hands, her hands were almost as big as Jason's, she'd spent enough time in her mama's beauty shop to know the tools of cosmetology. And she can weave intricate Kentic cloth using a traditional loom. When I said that assembling electronics is probably way easier than Kentic weaving, suddenly for her it became way easier than Kentic weaving. Professor Sukari still didn't seem to remember that he hired me to build electronics. Giving the girls something to do, he started asking whenever he saw Jason. And whenever he said this, Karin looked irritated and Jason got embarrassed. He didn't think anyone noticed, but at the end of the day, he obviously liked to watch Karin unpin her hair and shake it until every strand touched some part of her bony back. Once Jason was satisfied that Medina and I weren't completely clueless, he showed us his real summer project, the Megastar, which I thought looked like a cheap network router. He said I wasn't so far off that the Megastar is a multiplexer that collects data from several Iris helmets all at once. Seemed kind of old school. I was like, couldn't you write a phone app to push helmet data to the cloud or something like that? Smart girl. Jason patted my head, which made me itchy and said that a local network is more reliable and secure than the cloud. The Megastar would be able to dispatch both wired and wireless signals, but the real magic of the Megastar is that it's also a demultiplexer. With the Megastar, a single signal could go from one iris stim to all the other helmets in the room. Medina peered at the Megastar like she was trying to x-ray its insides with her eyes and said, If we all wore helmets connected to this gadget, could you mass electrocute us? Of course not, Karn called like from all the way across the lab. And Norm was like, it's impossible. The voltages are too low. Silly rabbits. Jason patted Medina and me on the head, which was weird because Medina was almost a head taller than Jason and I was almost a head shorter. He had to angle his gym muscle arms to reach both our heads at once. 
It's Brief Explainer from Empirican Broadcasting Corp. I'm Tyrone Bryant. Today's question is from Jabba in Ukwelu, who asks, How has climate change impacted disease? This is a very complex topic, Jabba, but we'll try to explain it briefly. Epidemiologists and conservation scientists argue that when wild land is destroyed, wildlife is forced in closer proximity to humans. As such, when wild animals develop new kinds of diseases, these diseases are more likely to be passed to humans. This was the case with bird bruise and scars, which both originated in birds. To learn more, listen to my upcoming one-hour special, Climate Change and Disease, on the EBC One app. Thanks for your question, Jabba. Please join us next time for Brief Explainer from the EBC. Jason said that the iris stim makes you more hypnotizable. He showed Medina and me this animation of the iris stim emanating waveforms from three areas inside the helmet deep into a person's head. He said the helmet activates the hypnotizable parts of the brain. And that made me actually want to try the iris stim. For the first time, I grabbed a helmet, put it on, and plugged it into Jason's computer. He told me not to get too excited. The effect was small, but he was excited as I held the helmet in place to keep it from popping off my hair. Testing telepathy first, he was like, are you visualizing a lizard? So the Iris Stim always knows when we think about reptiles. Ha ha, y'all must have lizards on the brain, he said, and told me to recall my arrival to in situ. My arrival that first day, it was too weird, all the way up until Medina found me, so I thought of her instead, but nothing happened. I was like, is this hypnosis? Jason said, sort of, but it's not working. I pulled the helmet off. I guess I'm not very hypnotizable. So Medina took the iris stim from me, pushed it on her head, and said she was imagining a lizard. Now Jason told her to recall her first day in in situ. And her eyes froze. They widened so big, I thought her eyeballs would roll out, but they rolled back in their sockets, and only the whites were visible. Her legs buckled so quickly, I had to catch her to keep her from crashing. Jason was cursing. Fuck, this never happened before. He yanked the helmet off her head, and I was shouting, motioning for him to help me lie her dead weight on the ground, shouting, what's happening? What did you do? But he obviously didn't know. All he could do was bite his fingernails and wring his hands. I clapped my hands in front of Medina's face and said, Wake up! Wake up! No! She screamed, bolting upright. I caught her and hugged her tightly and said, Hey, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I said it over and over, rubbing her back, trying to calm her and trying to calm myself. Jason wanted to call the professor, but I knew that would make things worse. I told him, just get her water.
While we waited, I alternated between rocking Medina and checking her face. I'm okay, she eventually said. And I thought I saw a glow inside her eyes, like an inner eyelid of neon gold. But then she blinked and it was gone. She touched the top of her head, then yelped and snatched her hand away. I touched her forehead and it was burning. We should call a doctor, I said, or the professor. No, 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 no. She sounded annoyed, but I was like, it could be serious. So she said we could call tomorrow, but only if she didn't feel better. So lying on the ground, waiting for the water, we watched in the dusty window high above us, tiny yellow spotted elamanders hunting small insects to electrocute and devour and so what's the name of the pill wrong okay what do they call the signal multiplexer wrong how do you expect to solve this if you can't even recall something that simple please they really do spoil you kids these days don't they (sighs) fine i'll upload the titmouse is a bird.com. But you've got to listen again. And don't call me until you've memorized it, okay? Goodbye. Goodbye. The great tit is a bird.com.